By the time I release this podcast, it will be about 49 days, but who's counting, since I seriously injured my lower back. Now, some people call it blowing out your back, and that's actually a pretty good way to describe it. Hi, this is Candy O'Terry. I have a herniated disc at L4 and L5 and S1, and that's where all the nerve roots are covered with the material that ruptured out of the disc. And when that happens, the pain is unbearable because those nerves, well, the way my doctor described it is they get all fired up. I can't even begin to tell you how much agony this injury has caused me and how much I have learned from it. And forgive me if I cry a little bit during this episode. I just can't help it. In my last episode, though, I asked you to please send positive thoughts my way. And if you could also offer me a prayer, I would be so grateful. Whatever worked for you. And I am telling you right now, I felt your prayers and your good vibes. When I decided to share my story with you, I was really nervous because I thought, who wants to hear my sad tale of woe? And then one of my very best friends, who also just happens to be my new business partner, her name is JC, she said, but the people who listen to your podcast get to know you and they care about you. You should tell them what you're going through. So here I am. The good news is that at this moment, I really am much better. But it took everything I have to get to where I am. And I still have a long way to go. Let me back up just a bit. My husband, Tom, was taking care of me at home. And they released me from the hospital the first time in about mid to late June. I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand without a walker. And I couldn't dress myself. All I could do was lay in bed on my side with a pillow between my legs. And the pain in my right leg was so unbearable. This was caused by the nerve pain that was shooting down my leg and it would go around my ankle and land in the heel of my foot. I had so many medications to take that Tom made a chart so that he would know when to give me my meds day and night. He had alarms going off on his phone in the middle of the night just to be sure that I would never miss a dose. I'm pretty lucky, don't you think? And when I had to get up to use the bathroom, I would roll to the side of the bed, grip the walker, and then Tom would hold me up. And I'd get around 20 paces to the bathroom and then try to sit down on the toilet. And this was pure torture. And on my way back to the bedroom, just before I got to the bedroom door, the pain in my leg would hit to like a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10. And I would begin breathing like you do in childbirth. And I would just will myself to take the rest of my steps before I'd get to the bed. Now, this went on for a few days. And my doctor increased my pain medication. And when I got sick to my stomach, they added anti-nausea medication. And still, the pain was out of this world. And one night, around dinner time, on my way back from the bathroom... I'll never forget it, you guys. That pain hit about a 13. And I just, I don't even know how I made it back to the bed. But when I got there, I just wailed in pain. It was the kind of moan that just sounds like a wounded animal. And I swear to God, I just said, God, please take me. I cannot do this anymore. And then I turned to Tom, who was just like terrified at this moment. And I said, please just call 911. So there I was in the hospital again for my second visit to the local hospital. Great one. It's called Newton Wellesley Hospital. And this time, when a nurse in the ER 
put another hospital bracelet on me. I was praying out loud, just one Hail Mary after another, like the good Catholic girl that I am. She gently inserted that IV needle and the painkiller called Dilaudid. It's a form of morphine. It started flowing through my veins. Please and thank you. That is just about all I remember. And when I woke up, an orderly and some nurses were lifting me up to transfer me from a gurney to a hospital bed. I was told that I was being admitted to the hospital for pain management. I remember one of the nurses looking at me. She smiled really warmly and she checked my bracelet and she asked me to say my name. Candace, I said, but everybody calls me Candy. Well, okay, Candy, that's just what we'll do, she said with a little bit of a laugh. Welcome to Four South and lucky for you, I'm your night nurse. And then she wrote her name on the whiteboard. It said, Julie. But in the days ahead, she would quickly become my favorite nurse. And I would call her Jules or Nursey. And she was okay with that. She was one of those people who could bring sunshine into a darkened room. And I have so much respect for nurses. My first morning at Newton Wellesley, I was alone in my room. And I wondered, hmm, maybe I'll have a private room until Eloise made her entrance. And she taught me one more from the floor, a life lesson I will never forget. Now, let me begin by telling you, I had no idea what Eloise looked like. The curtain between us was always drawn. She was on her side and I was on mine. But every once in a while, when her niece would come in and visit or the nurses would ask her questions, I would perk my ears up and I would learn something new. I felt like I was a detective. You know, I am an interviewer. It's what I do. Eloise was 98 years old. She had fallen at home. She had a fracture in her back. She wasn't in great pain, but she had to stay still. And of course, she couldn't be home alone. And let me tell you something. Eloise was on the ball. More than me, thanks to my dilated IV drip. She was fussy, she was persnickety, she was precise, she liked things done in a certain way. Now, if you've ever been in the hospital, you know that patience is either learned or lost. While Eloise was used to things being done in a timely manner, she had to learn to wait, and that was hard. She would lose her emergency beeper in her bed all the time, and she would call out, Roommate! would you please call a nurse? And I'd say sure. And oftentimes we'd have to wait for five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes sometimes. And you could kind of hear her harumphing on the other side of the curtain. And this is when I would be the person teaching her something. I would say, Eloise, you know, there are lots of sick patients on our floor. I know your nurse is going to come as soon as she can. And of course, Like magic, a nurse would arrive to make whatever was wrong better for Eloise. On my side of the curtain, I was still flat on my back. Weeks after my injury, looking up at the ceiling, feeling so defeated, feeling so small, like I would never be able to be a person of substance again. I worried that I would be a burden to those that I love, that I would never swim again that my podcast production companies, My Dove Productions, and Two Dreams Entertainment, my new production company with JC, and the Candio Radio Network, which I had just created, that everything I'd done 
would just fall apart, that I would disappear into the, quote, oh yeah, I remember her, she used to be, category. I wasn't in agony anymore, but I was in limbo, where there's a whole lot of nothing going on. I was losing my patience with my situation. So I was trapped in my pain trap. And then late one night, I heard Eloise singing. Her voice had a fragile feel to it. It was high-pitched. It was a little uncertain. But she sang a sweet and a gentle song. It was something about a ship upon the ocean. And I listened intently. The way you listen when someone is telling a secret. And what I heard made me believe with great certainty that once upon a time, she had been a really good singer. The next morning behind the curtain, one of the nurses was chatting with Eloise about her past, her story. And I heard Eloise say very proudly that she had been a choir director. She loved music. She was a singer, just like me. It felt like I had learned something very special about my roommate, but I had to be patient and find the right time to let her know that we had something in common. And as luck would have it, when the doctors made their rounds the next day, it was decided that I was improving just enough so that they would make my pain meds be given by mouth instead of by IV. And that meant no more IV pole to tag around with me. So I decided that it was time to meet Eloise. I grabbed my walker and I stood up. I was dizzy just for a minute. I had to sort of, whoa, <laughs> get my senses about me. And then I said, okay, you can do this, Candy. It's just a few steps over to Eloise's bed. So off I went to meet the lady on the other side. And when I got there, she was a little shocked to see me standing at the foot of her bed. She was like, oh, whoa, who is this person? And I said, I'm your roommate, Eloise. My name is Candy. I thought I'd just come over and say hello for a minute. I wish I had a picture of how wide her eyes were, how bright her smile was. Now, let me tell you about Eloise, because I bet you've got a picture in your mind about what she looked like, and it might be a little different from what I discovered. She was tall and statuesque, and there was a sense of purpose, of presence, of confidence about her, even at 98 years old. I mean, come on. She was born in 1922, only two years after women were given the right to vote in this country. And under all the lines in her face and the age spots on her hands and her arms, she was beautiful. Her spirit was shining through. I asked her if I could sit down in a chair about five feet away from her. And I remember her smiling and saying something like, oh, yes, please do. That's my hearing side. Evidently, she was deaf in the other ear. And then I said, Eloise, is it true that you were a choir director? Oh, yes, she said. I've taught hundreds of girls and young women to sing. Some were better singers than others, but that was never the point, she said. I watched shy girls become strong women in my work. There's so much you can learn from singing together. A single voice is always lovely, she said, but there's nothing like the sum of many voices. Ah, and then 
the harmony. And as she said these words, I felt like a girl auditioning for her choir director. I'm a singer too, Eloise. It's my favorite thing. May I sing a song for you? Oh, yes, she said. Please do. And she sort of pushed herself up in her bed. Down in old Killarney, many years ago, my mother sang a song to me in tones so sweet and low. Just a simple Irish ditty in her good old Irish way. And I'd give the world if I could sing that song to her this day. To Ralu, Ralu, to Ralu, Ralu. Now don't you cry. And all of a sudden, Eloise started to sing. She found the harmony, and she sang with me. Tura-loo-ra-loo-ra, tura-loo-ra-lai, tura-loo-ra-loo-ra. That's an Irish lullaby. Our eyes were just locked on one another. As we sang those last few lines together, out of the blue and out of the corner of my eye, nurses on the floor had gathered just outside of our room to hear us sing. And they were crying just like I'm crying right now, remembering it. And they were clapping for us. And Eloise was beaming. For one brief moment, she had gone back in time to a place where she was young and at the top of her game. She was the choir director everybody loved. And she had so many years of life ahead of her. For someone who loves an audience as much as I do, I have to admit, I was just plain humbled by my song with Eloise. Maybe that's just one small example of how I've changed deep down inside as a result of this injury. If I'm lucky, someday, some middle-aged woman with an interesting story and a pretty nice voice will sing with me when I'm 98. A girl can hope, right? It was interesting, even though we were officially introduced Eloise kept her curtain closed until the day she was discharged. But I kept on talking to her through that curtain. And this time with my laptop open, hoping to ask her a question or two. The kind I always ask, right? On the story behind her success. Eloise, I shouted, this time knowing I was on the side of her bad ear. (laughs) What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I thought the answer to my question would be a no-brainer, that she would come up with something really quickly, really deep, but she struggled. Keep busy, she said. Keep moving, keep going, keep being productive and help others because helping others helps yourself in the end. 
That's what she said. Interesting advice from someone who clearly kept on putting one foot in front of the other, who had been able to live on her own until she was 98 years old. And the giving part she talked about is universal for women as we age. And I've heard it time and time again on the story behind her success, giving back, helping others. It's food for the soul. And as I was typing her words down exactly, I realized, wait a second, there's some silence behind the curtain. Maybe she'd fallen asleep. And then she said, oh, roommate. I said, yes, Eloise. And she said, my grandfather once taught me this poem. I think it says a lot about life. Are you ready? I said, yes, I am. The wise old owl sat on an oak. The less he saw, the less he spoke. The less he spoke, the more he heard. Why can't we all be like that wise old bird? And after she spoke these words, I thought about how many times we all talk too much when we should really be listening and how there is so much you can learn in the pause, in the silence. Maybe that's what my lesson is in all of this. Maybe I have to lay here for a while to stop to listen, to learn. Maybe it's my turn to adjust my compass. Eloise sang softly for a while that day. I remember telling her what a beautiful voice she had, and she loved hearing me say that. Can you imagine how many girls found their voices because of that choir director named Eloise? We were only roommates for three days. But Eloise taught me more about life in those 72 hours than I have learned in a very long time. Maybe I taught her to be patient, but she taught me to be patient too. And she reminded me to be grateful for exactly where I am in my life, even during the painful times. Because before you know it, you are 98 And you are looking at your life through the rearview mirror. So the update is I found a terrific spinal surgeon at New England Baptist. And he lets me call him Dr. O, which goes well with Candy O, don't you think? Anyway, I did have a steroid injection seven days ago. And it has definitely helped me with my mobility. And I do have a lot less pain. And no, I did not look at the great big needle as they were inserting it. I turned my head the other way. His plan is that hopefully this will give my body a break from how much energy I'm spending on the pain that I feel. I also might need a procedure. It's called a discectomy. And I'm told that if I do have the procedure, these results are immediate and they're really positive. The other day, I took my very first swim in forever. It felt like heaven to be back in the water again. People do come into our lives for a reason. And I am so glad Eloise came into mine. A few years ago, I recorded a song that expresses the joy of these kinds of friendships perfectly. And I thought I'd end this episode by playing it for you. The song is about an unlikely friendship that makes both women better than who they might have been without each other. It's called For Good from the award-winning Broadway play Wicked. My duet partner on the song is Cherie Dunwell a brilliant singer from Boston. I hope this song reminds you of someone who came into your life and changed you for the better. I am a better person, a better woman because of Eloise. 
And by the way, thank you for coming into my life. Even if I'm just a voice while you're driving in the car, we've come to know each other in this great big world. And I'm so grateful that you're a listener. We are connected forever, right here. I've heard it said that people come into our lives for a reason, bringing something we must learn. And we are led to those who help us most grow if we let them and we help them in return.
And that's the story behind her success for this week. If you know a woman I should interview for the show, reach out and tell me about her. Just go to my website, candyoterry.com. There's also a full library of stories for you to listen to anytime you need a little dose of inspiration. Follow me on Facebook at Candy O'Terry Official and on all other platforms at Candy O'Terry. And whether you're listening on one of our radio affiliates or from your smartphone, we'll have a fresh episode for you next week on the story behind her success. And remember, when we lift each other up, we all rise. <laughs>